Pubcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We start to identify as a failure because of a failed marriage or relationship. So being able to recognize I am not a failure, right? I am all these wonderful things is going to help to give yourself permission to move forward. It's seeing the good in yourself. Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Gina Cavalier. This is the Liberated Healer podcast, and we have the wonderful Athena Monet on. Yeah. Hello. Welcome. She did this book, Leave with Love. It's a spiritual guide, finding peace, self-love, and compassion when leaving relationships. So this is a big topic. It's, you know, something that is well needed to help people in that situation. So welcome, Athena. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, you got such a beautiful, like, energy and spirit. I can feel it. And I just love, can you tell us a little bit about your background, Buddhism, shamanism? You're just yeah, so interesting. Yeah, all of the above. So, um uh, spiritual background wise, I grew up to a family that uh, my mom had grown up Jehovah's Witness. And then when we were growing up, we were kind of in and out of like the Baptist church, the Christian church, Episcopalian church. Um, and by the time I was in high school, I was super curious about religion. And I was feeling like all kinds of connection and really loving some of the concepts that were being taught in the church. So I would actually hitch ride with friends to their churches just so that I could learn more. Um, then I found myself going to college. I started out in fine art. I very quickly discovered the architecture program and switched major. But all the while I'm in this architecture curriculum, I'm taking classes in sociology anthropology i was i always tell people i'm like i was literally one credit shy of a minor in anthropology i'd taken so many classes in anthropology i was studying philosophy and i fell in love with buddhism as a concept and i remember at the time like printing off the buddhist admonitions and reading them again and again and again then i found my way into yoga they actually offered a yoga history class at ohio state university where i was and so I went really deep into the study of yoga, all while doing the architecture curriculum. And finally, I was like, what do I do with all this? I don't know what to do with this. So I did nothing. <laughs> I just chose to move in the path of architecture, left Ohio, moved to D.C., went and worked with uh, actually at the top architecture firms in the country. Straight up corporate job. No ounce of spirituality in my work. And year after year, I would find myself unfulfilled, feeling like I was missing something, 
the work was creative, but that only provided a certain amount of fulfillment to me. And I remember every year I would say to my principal when they did the one-year review, I really went to a yoga teacher training. And they'd be like, cool, <laughs> kind of like disinterested. And I'd say it again the next year and the next year and the next year. And finally, one year, I it was the coolest morning. I was riding my bike into work and I ran into a friend on the side of the street. And she's like, hey, tonight is the yoga teacher training at Radiance Yoga. So I was still I still had a yoga practice. I was going to the studio, but I wasn't doing much more with my yoga. So she said to me, uh, maybe you can make it. And I was like, oh, I wish, but I work so much. I was working crazy hours. So I ride into work that day and I get let go. Like that morning, literally right after I see her. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I can do the yoga teacher open house now and maybe I'll do the training. And the rest is history. I ended up doing the yoga teacher training. I got really engulfed in the yoga community where I was living um, in Old Town right outside of D.C., and started teaching yoga, getting involved with the kids' yoga. I'm um, teaching yoga in the schools, and my meditation practice was sharp. And I started playing with tarot cards and just really allowing myself to explore outside of um, architecture and to dig into the spiritual side of myself. And that's kind of how the path continued to roll. So I moved to the beach and it just blew up from there with a series of wounded healer traumatic experiences that are pretty common for shamans today yeah um that's a really beautiful story i love how spirit kind of i kind of come to the realization especially recently like everything has to do with spirit like our mind is like this massive computer and it wants to um it's like a filing cabinet and wants to file things in certain labels and ways and you know and it's it's so uh brilliant and amazing but almost everything is spiritually related so if you have anything going on in your life it's turn to the spirit and look at like what's the less you know and it's hard hard to learn how to do that it is and um it's gonna keep pushing you until you're it's gonna keep knocking on your window until you're like what (laughs) yeah until you accept it and we we put up so much resistance in our minds based on what we think is possible yeah, so we actually prolong the process, but that's okay. You know, yeah, you know, it the, it's almost thing. like it is going to come when it's going to come. And it's, you know, you, that's one thing actually you can rely on death and taxes. The spirit is going to come knocking on your door. <laughs> um, I'm adding that one. Yeah, it'll keep coming around. Um, So leave with love. Um, This is a big topic because um, I was thinking about this morning. You know, you know, especially going back to like when the Bible was written and even in the 50s, 60 years ago, it was such a different world. If you think about it, just 60 years ago where people were afraid to talk about divorce or leaving their partner or um, having any kind of outside spirituality or or even, you know, uh, having a different um, idea about who you wanted to, you know, live with and genders and all that stuff. So. You know, we've actually been progressing as a society, I think, in a way kind of fast. Yeah. But this is actually something that people don't really talk a lot about. Yeah. And because it brings up so much fear. And I, I, I think it's interesting because I, I, one of my best friends is actually going through a similar situation. And his partner is a Jehovah Witness. So when you mentioned that, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. 
they're they're really struggling with the end of something. Yes. Um, that has there's nothing really from what I've been told anything really left, but they're just holding on to that list a little bit and stuff. Yes. So, um, let's get into some of the things that you recommend for people in that space and how. Yeah. Where yeah. okay. Uh, one of the big things that comes up for people, especially if there's a religious component involved where you are tied in with a church, uh, a church community. I get a lot of clients that come to me that have experienced the painful disconnect from their church community. That alone is a divorce of sorts, right? So when you're going through a divorce with your partner, you're also going through a separation with your community, with, with your family, because a lot of times you united with that family. And in my book, Leave With Love, I'm addressing not only leaving a partnership, but also leaving all the types of relationships that you tend to leave in those times. So the tools work for the partnership, but also for the community, for the friends, for the extended family. In the case of religious um, connection and disconnection, shame is one of the demons that we battle. And actually in my book, I break down the concept of the seven demons of separation. So um, dealing with the demon of shame, right? It can really hold you back, but not only hold you back from making the decision, but more so hold you back from being the greatest expression of yourself. Yeah. Or the individual who's like, I have to leave, you know, uh, my my heart is broken or my partner cheated on me. They left. Sometimes it wasn't your choice. It wasn't your choice. Your partner left. You're now standing alone. You might have kids, whatever that looks like. And yeah. you still have to deal with the shame involved in leaving your community in that case. Um, you have to deal with the shame that your partner chose to leave you. That can bring up a lot of shame around yourself. So then you can't become the greatest expression of yourself. So what I recommend specifically when you're dealing with shame is doing an inventory of the wonderful characteristics about yourself. It, we have to separate ourselves out from the separation mm. because separation becomes a part of our identity. We start to identify as a failure because of a failed marriage or relationship. So being able to recognize I am not a failure, right? I am all these wonderful things is going to help to give yourself permission to move forward. It's seeing the good in yourself, right? And so I think a lot of, yeah, and I think a lot of people that love and support you really just want to continue loving and supporting you, but you think that they're going to yeah, think bad of you. But in reality, they're like, no, we're here to whatever you need to be happy and whole. But in your mind, you're, you're already projecting that they're, they're looking down on you. Right. So that's sort of like a projection you're carrying that isn't even valid a lot of times. Right. And that's so dang. Projections are so freaking dangerous because they can also manifest that. Right. So if you think it enough about yourself, then you can actually manifest other people thinking that about you. But if you're thinking about the great, wonderful characteristics of yourself, then you're going to help others to tap into that energy because you're holding that energy versus holding the energy of shame. That's what people are going to pick up on. So being able to shake yourself out of the shame and see the good in yourself is going to shift a lot around your dynamics with others. I was also just hearing a lot about isolation after you spoke. 
Um, so when we're dealing with shame, we tend to isolate ourselves. Whether you were the one who made the choice or your partner made the choice, you feel some shame, you start to isolate yourself. So I highly recommend finding your sisters, your brothers spiritually who you can stay connected to that are going to reaffirm back to you that you have no reason to be ashamed, right? Yeah. You need actual other humans. Beards are great, but you need actual other humans who understand what you're going through and are going to reflect back to you that you're a beautiful soul and this is just a part of your experience and that you have nothing to be ashamed about. Even if you did something wrong, right? The divine doesn't want you to sit and soak in shame. So you need humans that are going to reflect that back to you. So surround yourself or find one or two critical friends, family members, um, trusted support that can reflect back to you how beautiful of a being you are, who you truly are, your true self. Even if you're not feeling like you're a beautiful being, that can help you to move forward. Yeah, and um, really, okay. And then we, so we've got the shame and isolation um, and uh, fear of failure. You mentioned that feelings of unworthiness. And then, um, kind of, you know, also then there, now there's the blaming of, you start to unpack everything like go way back into the past. Right. Yeah. And start to, oh, I should have noticed that back then. And Um, right. Is there all that kind of past looking back and how that would help very much, but it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. So what's really powerful when you're, because we do it about ourselves, but then we also will walk back and rightfully so start to realize what our partner did, you know, because sometimes we romanticize our partners and we, it's a survival tactic. We don't see the actual harm that they're causing us. And so later we'll see, oh my God, that was so fucked up when they did this or that. Sorry. Are we allowed to swear? Yes. (laughs) I forgot to ask. Um, They just lit. It's like the invitation. Yeah. Uh, You look back and you'll think to yourself, like, damn, I was really fucked up when they did this to me or when they said that to me. Yeah. Then you start to get angry. That's a part of the process, letting yourself practice getting angry, feeling the feelings that you didn't allow yourself to feel then. But what's important is feel them and then release them. Feel them and release them. So letting yourself look back. If you're angry at yourself, if you're angry at the other person, if it's a job, because my book's also about leaving relationships with your job. Like you have to quit your job. Maybe you were close with your boss. This has happened to me in the past. And you had to leave and it was kind of a divorce with that individual. So maybe there's things you realize about how you were injustice or harmed in a professional situation. You're starting to feel angry about it. Let yourself feel angry. Talk about it. Journal it. Um, script it out, whatever you need to do, but get it out and then let it go. So forgiveness is so, so important. I keep thinking right now about a pressure valve. We have an instant pot, you know, and it like cooks up my rice, like makes it perfectly fluffy. But at the end, you want to release the pressure. Otherwise, it's condensed and compressed and it's not perfect. So you allow for that stuff to cook up, but you need to release the the tension and the emotions around it and leave the realization of, yes, this, this happened. I was injustice in this way, or I made this poor decision. I am sorry. I forgive myself. I hope that this soul forgives me or I forgive this other soul. 
and I'm going to let the emotion out. And sometimes those things that you, you would consider as wrong or a mistake was, was fated and destined as well to help you. So, you know, to help see something in your, I mean, to me, it was, all, even if it was wrong, it was fated because spirit brings that in for a reason, especially if it was something very, you know, strong, in, yeah. uh, you know, something that you couldn't deny. And maybe yeah. another way at knocking at the window and it's because it really just wants us to wake up and live our happiest, best life, you know, no matter what. And so yeah. sometimes people need just it to come in different flavors all the right. time to wake up, I guess. Yeah, there's a purpose. I, I think I hear what you're saying when you say faded is that there's a purpose or in the book, I talk about different types of soul contract. Briefly, I don't go too deep. Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Briefly. I mentioned soul contracts, kind of karmic contracts, different types of relationships, the purpose they serve. And actually have an exercise where you can start to go through and look at, okay, so I here's who I was when I went into this relationship. I attracted that relationship because of certain qualities in myself, right? And that person was drawn to me because of those qualities. And that's just, okay, that's fact. It is what it is that, that we were attracted to each other. But then because of the time spent in this relationship or the discomfort or the beauty, I learned what, what did I learn in that relationship? So recognizing, yes, there was some hurt. We're both humans. We might've made some mistakes, but ultimately I'm really grateful for the lessons that I gained in this relationship. And what are those? What I learned about myself? What did I activate within myself? What did I release and heal within myself? Those are the reasons why this relationship occurred. And then again, letting the emotions go because we don't need to hold them in. Yes. Well, I love your book coupled with, I would suggest, um, just from my own experience, you know, I've worked with uh, Susan Anderson who talks about like the stages of grieving because you have like, you know, the shattering and the withdrawal and it's like a physical and, you know, it's very documented through science exactly like when you have a, a big relationship leave, but I like coupling it also with your book because you need, that's really the, um, the, the clear scientific antidote is what's happening with you, mind, body, and spirit. And I like yours as well as, as a coupling, because now you need this, you know, Buddhist shaman soft way, but that's still with the strong undertones. That's yeah. kind of how I'm seeing is that pe this could help people. I love that. Yeah, because yeah. you're going to need support from so many different angles. And, yeah. you know, so when I went through, I went through a breakup recently and that's the book I use. And for me, the reason why I started the podcast is I like to intellectualize things. I just do. And it helps me understand why I'm having this plethora of emotions or anxiety or whatever it is. Yeah. And then I start to walk it back and go, Oh, this, you know, it's the reason why I started the channel, but it's the intellectualizing part that I think helps some people. And then, but you also have to do the heart work. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's very much about yourself, right? So I love books that help you to Especially right after a relationship, you're definitely going through the blame game and you're needing to heal the grief immediately. So I love what you said of using a book like that to help you through the really painful, practical side of the pain. 
and then comes a point where you're ready to dig into yourself. Usually that point where you isolate yourself, right? Yeah, so you kind of, and I talk about the dark night of the soul in the book. So it's that time of your life where you go into yourself, you're alone. It's like going into a dark cave. You had to leave everything. You kind of forced out of it. Um, and I use analogies like Lord of the Rings, you know, because I love um, fantasy sci-fi. <laughs> And so I, I think of that, though, Frodo going alone on his journey. And there are parts of it where he absolutely needs to be alone in order to uncover his power. And so when we are coming out of a relationship, there are multiple phases. There's that first phase of the blame game, whether it's blaming yourself, blaming the other. Then there's that isolation phase, that kind of acceptance phase where you're just alone with yourself. And you're like, what do I do now? And you start to kind of center, come to a place of peace. That's when I feel like this book is really good. It's when that residue is still there beneath the surface, but you're ready to dig into yourself and you're ready to stop patterns. I just heard that to say, um, this book is really handy when you're ready to spot the patterns and the repeating loops and cycles that you're going through in relationships and break them, break those cycles. Thank you. (laughs) And what you start one of your chapters with saying, um, accepting impermanence. Yes. And everything in life. And that's why I went back to what I was talking about earlier, where it was, you know, when they first wrote the Bible and like even in the 50s, we, everything felt permanent. You know, you're going to live in this place. You're not living anywhere else. You're going to be married to this person. You're probably not going to be married to anyone else. You're going to be in this religion. You're probably not going to, you know, it was very that was what we were told, but we only, we didn't even live that long. So, you know, <laughs> and now we're living to 80 and 90 and 100 years old. And, you know, if you don't accept impermanence, you know, and you're going to live to your 80 years old, you know, you're going to, you're really going to have that resistance to change. And it's going to hurt when it comes knocking on real, it'll come. I think it's a gentle knock and then it goes to a bigger knock and then it comes to a storm. Yes, a hundred percent. Yes. Um, in our, um, so I'm writing a book about healing suicidal ideation that I mentioned with, uh, with Swedenborg Foundation and yeah. Dr. Amelia Kelly, my co-author, which is, she's a trauma-informed therapist, but we're writing a chapter on, um, trauma bonding. Mm-hmm. And I think it relates to you, what you do a little bit too, because, you know, for example, you're not in a super, sometimes I say, for example, like this relationship that I was personally in my, I was in a one relationship where it wasn't super toxic, but he had a lot of traumas and I had a lot of traumas and wounds. And we just stayed in the relationship because we did, we were too afraid yeah. to break it. And yeah. it wasn't mean or toxic or anything like that, but we were probably in it three years too long just oh, yeah. because we didn't want to open those wounds up. So that's like a trauma bonding. Do you have any? Oh my God. So much is coming through when you told me that. <laughs> So on the shaman side, what you're telling me is about the challenges you two face in this world and this life. The shaman side of it, we look outside of this world and outside of this life. We look at the entire life of your soul, right? Past lives, energetically, soul bonds, soul contracts, soul lessons, records, all the things. So immediately when you share that with me, I got a strong sense that the two of you have done this several times. This is a repeating um, cycle from past lifetimes. And the reason why you had such a hard time cutting it loose this time around is because 
you keep repeating it so that you learn a very specific lesson about how to be together. Right. So learning how to be together despite your traumas, despite your differing personalities is extremely difficult. It does take both souls kind of remembering, oh, okay, I'm here to learn this and you're here to learn this. And let's, it's like dancing together, right? It's like you, you came here to dance salsa together, right? And you're doing some Irish jig and he's doing country line dancing and we're not like lining up. And you're like, we're really not lining up. And you cannot for the life of you remember that you came here to do salsa dance, even though the salsa music is playing, you know? So you're not in sync. It's not his fault. It's not your fault. But if you could remember, wait a second, there's salsa music playing. And then he could remember that. And then he could remember his way, his role as the male partner in the salsa dance. And you could remember your role as the female partner in the salsa dance and come together. You could dance in harmony, right? Yes. So that's, that's kind of how it was showing to me um, your specific pattern with him. And again, it's not your fault that neither of you were able to remember this is what we came here to dance. You're going to come back and do it again. Oh, let's not do that. Let's do that. <laughs> I think we got there too at the end. And um, at least I did. Um, but the one thing I did realize is, and I think I'm going to speak about this in generally is, yeah. You don't have to have the same spiritual path. Like mm -hmm. once you're on a spiritual journey, like myself and you, regard, you know, we've opened up that door and, you know, we're really committed to being in service of people, especially, you know, not just open the door, but you kind of need to have almost everybody that's very, has a role in your life. You need to have a tiny bit of that door open as well. Just a little, I, you know, what do you, how do you feel about that? Because Ooh, that's good. Yeah. So what's coming to my mind is my current partnership. So, you know, as, as you probably read in the book, I'm divorced and repartnered. Um, so my current partner, I would say he's like, um, you know, the country line dancer. And I'm over here trying to do, who knows, belly dance. Something absolutely different. Yeah. We're doing two very separate dances in our lives. He's very different than myself. He's fitness. He's math. He's Capricorn. I'm spiritual. I'm fluid. I'm flowy. I'm playful. I'm Aries, fire. So you have these two very different elementals coming together. But with the dance example, we both know how to salsa dance now, right? Like, all right, so this is how I like to dance. That's how you like to dance. But we both like salsa. We like the way it feels when we're in sync. So we come together and we do that dance together. He's still allowed to be himself. He's not as much in the spiritual world. And that's okay. And I'm heavily involved in the spiritual world. And that's okay. But when we come together, there's a really beautiful dynamic and fluidity in how we dance together as two very different persons. And that's in the physical. Because uh, yeah. I have a person that I'm very close with that I don't talk to right now. But we, yeah, I feel his communication spiritually. Yes. You know, and so, you know, you can also, that's physical thing, but also there can be an, a, the outside spiritual thing where there's just this open awareness that you're still kind of connected seven layers deep. And, um, you know, that um, going back again to the mind, the mind loves to just categorize every single thing, labels on every single thing. And we're just so much bigger than all of that. Yes. And, I, and I think the reason why I'm saying that, why that's coming through for me is just because um, 
I think the labels is what's really hurting people. Divorce. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, the, the heart, like, you know, like I'm doing the book on suicide, but it's like, it's the label, you know, it's like this constant um, separate, like all these, you know, things are very heavy and we're, we're giving them the heaviness context. Like it could be yeah. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. And I love your story with your partner. You know, you're dancing yeah. two separate ones, but you can still salsa together. Yeah, yeah. You I know. love label. Um, are you familiar with neurolinguistic reprogramming and all that? Yeah, a little bit. We're look, looking for that in the book to get a little more into that. Perfect. So there's an exercise in my book where I actually encourage you to relabel or rename your separation, right? So if you're calling it a divorce, if you're calling it a separation, looking into very simple and elementary school stuff here, how does it make you feel when you use that word? Um, Recently, I was reflecting on when I say ex-husband, how does that feel versus if I say my kid's father, you know, recognizing uh, neurolinguistically how it feels and then playing with different names and you can have a fun name. Uh, also, in my soul medicine program, I have other women who are divorced. So sometimes we'll joke and we'll be like my baby daddy instead of saying instead of calling it your ex-husband. And we just think it's fun and funny and light. So finding names, labels that are alternates that bring on and invoke the feeling you want to feel about yeah. your situation, whether it's with suicidal ideation, 100 percent, I would say almost every human has it. Okay. And we feel very alone in those thoughts. So my language that I place with that a lot of times when I myself might confront that when it looks like, man, I'm really not liking this planet right now. Right. So just changing my language is not that I don't actually want to die. I'm just this humanness feeling heavy. So finding other words and language to label you're experiencing to lighten it a little bit so it doesn't feel as heavy is so powerful i think that's great because you love that person you know now you're like oh i'm divorced you know and and there was you came together be out of love and there you know there was so many i'm sorry i don't for the most part the people that we you know there was usually like amazing things that came out of it or even lessons even though there's been some toxic things that you needed to reveal to show yeah. you that what you needed to heal. Yes. You know, and there's always, and you, but let's talk a little bit about surrender and rebirth because mm. what I like, we all going to have this stuff happen to us all the time, constantly. And it's how we move through the obstacles, right. In our life. Yeah. And that's why I liked spirituality. That's what helped me get out of my suicidal ideation is spirituality because I could I could work with it and I can move through the hard stuff and right. then I could see that the rebirth was going to come. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, this is this crappiest day. I feel like crap, but for some reason, I think tomorrow's going to wake up a little different. Like oh. I can see that rebirth, and but you have to go through that middle. There, you can't go from death, yeah, right to rebirth. Like you have right. to. Th- there's that awakening space and it's surrendering right. to that energy in the middle. Yeah, that's hard. I think it is hard. That's that cry out for help point that a lot of us on a soul level decided to design that stopping point when we set up our whole life plan. Right. Some of us believe 
that we have an entire life plan already laid out, or at least a design of a few different options for how our life could go. And we design those points so that we can step into the version of ourselves or the destiny that we've designed for ourselves if we're not there, right? So for you, when you had your point of awakening, when you were like, dang, I don't know if I want to be here anymore, right? From a soul level, that's because you weren't living aligned with your mission or your purpose. And you felt kind of bored. It's like you feel bored. Like I was saying, I was like, I kept feeling unfulfilled. I was doing what I was good at. And I was feeling, you you feel a little bit bored. You recognize something's not right. Doing something. Your, Your mind is like, what was I supposed to be doing? And you feel kind of empty and forgetful. So you, on a soul level, designed that point to wake yourself up because you forgot what you were doing. You forgot what you were doing, right? You said the word bored, and that just really hit me because, you know, I've I've gone to a plenty of third world countries, and, you know, they're in survival mode, you know, and... I don't, I, I can't, you know, quote their suicidal rates, but I think they're a lot less than where they are in the, you know, in the um, developed countries. And I think it is boredom, you know, because we were, we were, we were been created to just, you know, excel and to experience and, you know, our lives because of yeah. how it's going right now. And I hope, I think it's starting to cut back a little bit, but we do get bored because we get into these patterns with social media things like that i mean i i remember just just a couple of days ago i was looking at you know that caught watching about 15 minutes worth of social media and i remember just thinking to myself is this making me happy right and i was like no and i just put it down and i was like go on my for a walk you know <laughs> like developing those skills to just say you know like you know the realizing that we are just our physical body you know the dopamine is real the serotonin is real we are chemical our our brain our our heart saying one thing you know and Mm -hmm. putting it all together yeah that's deep when you were talking about um these you know third world countries or just simply other countries not even third world like italy for example i've studied blue zones where they have centenarians highly concentrated areas of individuals who live over 100 years old and they're happy right and you study happiness um harvard has a wonderful program designed for the study of happiness um there's the flourishing program there's a lot of studies where you can study happiness and i've studied a lot of this and what you find is that purpose is huge in satisfaction levels so if someone's bored they're not aligned with their purpose And the other piece of the puzzle there that I was feeling, because we didn't just come here to be of purpose, we came here to feel love. And so in those moments when we're lacking love from other humans or we're not we're not feeling connected in with a higher love, those are also those moments when we're feeling suicidal, we're feeling disconnected from our source, um, our source of love, our source of power. I'm in the faith-based healing industry, so usually people find me in that point when they're at the end of a death cycle and they're ready to start a rebirth cycle but it usually takes complete surrender feeling like you can't go any further alone you don't know what to do so somehow a shaman falls in your path and then you call them and the shaman connects you with your divine self they connect you with the divine source so then you're able to now plug in on your own find the fulfillment you need and hear the call from the divine 
for you to be of service, right? So a lot of um, other countries, people who measure happier, purpose aligned with service for me. Um, so something that I do almost every day is, and I do believe in God. So I'll ask God, like, what can I do for you today? Oh, wow. Right. So every time like my phone rings that day or I get a text from someone and it could be my son's friend, I have an 18 year old son. It could be his friend who calls or texts me like, Hey, Miss Athena, you know, I'm struggling with this or that. Or it could be, um, someone from the kid's school or it could be a client. But if someone messages me and they're like, I need help. When I ask God, how can I serve? Then I know that that's how I am called to serve that day. That's my purpose for today. And I say again and again to my groups, I say, you have more than one purpose. You have many purposes, not just yes. I yeah. like that. Yeah, you don't have to have one uh, thing. No. But, you know, I always use, uh, people ask me, you know, how do you know what your thing is? And I always say, just and it could be anything what makes you the most excited i use the word excited so yeah, it's like you know what makes you jump out of bed or makes you know and then yeah. if you're like you know really just every day don't want to go to work you know you're <laughs> like okay you need that for a while but how can you make a plan to right. maybe go part-time and put your effort towards something you love yeah. and makes you excited but at least start putting your stepping towards that that whatever makes you excited you know excited yeah and that's why when people like us going down that spiritual path it's like what because you're like oh my god i'm gonna read that book and i want to read that oh i don't know that's not for me and 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 it's just a constant thing until you find your thing yes or or things that you really gravitate to but that whole journey is like you know actually pretty exciting yeah it is it totally is like you were like yoga and buddhism you know it just started to fall into place yeah i was thinking just be curious right like when you feel like you don't know um it's easy to hear the i don't like this i don't want that i don't like my job i don't like my relationship you're it's easy to hear those but if you can lean into curiosity about what do i like what lights me up and allowing it to not make any sense yeah because we're, we, we block ourselves thinking, well, that can't be a job. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, if you just stop and you allow yourself to be curious and pursue whatever you feel interested in, then you're going to be lit up and things will connect and it'll connect divinely. And then later you'll know why or you'll understand why. So give yourself permission to be curious and then later let it make sense. Right now, let it not make sense. And also pay attention to signs. I had Simran on, who is an incredible, she wrote a whole book about signs. Mm-hmm. You can check out that podcast. But uh, you start to just go, all of a sudden things start to highlight for you a little bit more. You yeah. know, all of a sudden you drive by and you're like, I never noticed that sign has been there for 10 years. And all of a sudden right now it just feels like highlighted, you know, yeah. so that's the path. I want to ask you a question about, okay, you, ha- you really into archaeology. Uh, um, being architect. Anthropology, yeah, or architect, yeah. So what, you have you found a spiritual connection? Why, was it a past life thing or was there something that um, now through you go through this whole process, why that you were so drawn to that? To architecture, yeah. So um, yes, it was a past life thing. <laughs> so I actually saw a shaman who I ended up training with way in the beginning, like eight years ago. And 
I remember her telling me in a past life session that she saw me building the pyramids, like working on building the pyramid. And there's multiple lifetimes, yes, where I was doing that type of draft work. And my brain definitely thinks from a drafting perspective, I also vision down the line and then work backwards. So when I'm working with clients now, I like to think of it that we're designing their life. So right early in the beginning, once we start to break through their limiting beliefs, the, the stuff that gets in the way, very early on, I work with them to vision their life as an actual design, as a almost like a building, right? So we come up with an idea of what would we like it to look like. Then my work is helping them to deconstruct their current reality and then build their new reality step by step. Wow. I did see that while you were talking that you almost do a blueprint of them, of your clients, you know. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So um, would you like to take us on any type of a, a little meditation or journey or... What are you feeling like you want to kind of bring? Yeah, I love that. I love that. So we've talked about a lot of topics today. We talked about the the book, Lead with Love, and what things when we're leaving relationships, coming to that point of being alone, and then somehow beautifully we've led into purpose. So what's coming up for me right now is to guide through a meditation journey, shamanic journey, where we see what resistance is showing up for us and go ahead and move that out of the way. If you can think that we're building and designing something beautiful, we might need to clear the way in order to build that. So what's in our way? And then we can go ahead and move it aside, right? Okay, let's do it. Go ahead. Beautiful. So for whoever's listening right now, I'm going to invite you to clear your physical space right now of distractions. If you have any sounds going in the background, if you have children in the background, if your door's open, I invite you to close your door and give yourself maybe just five to 10 minutes of silent alone time so that we can journey together and clear some resistance or blockages out of the way of you moving forward. Go ahead and find the quiet space that's going to allow us to journey together. Make sure the phone's on do not disturb. That is another interruption to us visioning. And then I invite you to take a nice seat or to lie down, whatever feels most comfortable. And place your hands over the heart, across the belly, whatever feels really safe, whatever feels safe and intentional. Placing the hands there, taking a big cleansing, settling breath in through the nose. And out of the mouth. Beautiful. And again, I always love to start with gratitude. So breathing in, gratitude. Breathing out, thanking yourself for taking this time. I know it's hard for us today with so many pools on our attention, so many responsibilities and duties. Difficult to take even five minutes for yourself. So I want you to thank yourself for taking this time to sit down and just clear a little bit out of the way. Every little bit helps. And with the next big breath, I want you to imagine yourself settling in to a comfortable space outside of where you actually presently are. Think of the most comfortable space you could arrive to in this very moment. Maybe you imagine yourself in your mom's living room on her sofa, 
Maybe you imagine yourself in a beach chair somewhere near the coast, watching the sunrise or the sunset, basking in the light. Maybe you imagine yourself at the top of a mountaintop, just standing, looking out over the vast scenery. Wherever feels most comfortable, outside of where you are, place yourself there. I want you to breathe in that setting and slowly allow the entire setting to dissolve, leaving only the feeling of being there. Imagining that everything that you're seeing, feeling, sensing is dissolving, except for the feeling of comfort. Breathing into comfort, allow yourself to get there, to stay there. And I want you to notice if in the mind, other distractions attempt to pull you away from the energy of comfort. And I want you to breathe them away. Give them permission to leave. Maybe you started to think about what's for dinner tonight or the next thing you have to do when you get off in this meditation or something you forgot to do earlier. But just for this moment, allow yourself to simply be present with the energy of comfort. Breathing, breathing, breathing. And as you're settling into the energy of comfort, I want you to imagine right in front of you is a huge monument. Huge. That's all you can see or feel for my feelers. A huge monument made of stone, very solid. And you have constructed this huge monument in your mind. And this huge monument is going to represent all of the blockages, the reasons why you can't move forward with something in your life that you are trying to get to. Think for a moment of what exactly it is that you haven't yet accomplished, a goal you haven't reached, something that feels or seems unattainable to you in this moment, allowing yourself to think of what that is and feel the connection between this huge monument standing between you and whatever then. Take your full attention into all of the elements of this huge monument. And as you take your attention to those elements, allow for your own thought the constructs that constructed this monument to come to your attention. What are some of the thoughts rolling through your mind? Allow for them to roll through. We're not going to judge them, we're just going to observe them. Things like, I can't do this. I won't do this. I don't want to do X, Y, and Z. Such and such person won't support me or doesn't believe it's possible. I don't have enough money, right? All of those thoughts that constructed this giant monument standing between you and what you want. I want you to just notice those thoughts. Breathing, observing, awareness is power. Awareness is power. Awareness that those might have come from you. But you don't have to choose to allow for those thoughts to construct a monument between you and what it is that you desire for yourself. I want you to imagine that you and I together are going to light some fireworks underneath that monument. Imagine that for a moment. We have little sticks of fireworks, little explosives, and we're going to go just bury our explosives all around the bottoms of this monument. Feel them there. And then I'm going to ask you to run quickly 
as I light them, fire. And we see those fireworks counting down, those explosives counting down, coming closer to the line. And then you see it explode. Imagine you can see that monument exploding into tiny pieces, moving into the ground, crumbling. See the fireworks going off. And as they do, you start to feel all of the new beliefs, the opportunities, the pathways that you didn't know were there or that you didn't allow to be there. Because all you could see was the monument of your own constructs. Allow yourself to breathe in now and receive new thoughts, new inquiries, new feelings, new awareness of infinite possibilities to carry you from where you are toward what it is that you want. And then suddenly feel yourself bursting through the ruins of this monument and arriving at your destination where you want to be. Breathing, feeling yourself settling in, feeling into the energy of celebration. Those fireworks were beautiful. Feeling into the energy of gratitude, gratitude for those fireworks, those explosives, crumbling down the monument of your own mind constructs and allowing you to move through toward what you wanted and desired. Gratitude for now holding in your reality exactly what it was that you wanted. Feel that energy of joy, of completion, of pride, of love, knowing you're so supported. And I'll invite you to bring yourself back to the present moment, making your way back to your body through those layers of comforting places, feeling the comfort of your own body and your present experience, knowing that this is a step on the way toward your desires, and having gratitude for this step, beautiful part of your story. And then I'll invite you back. I, yeah, I love the conviction in your voice. You're really powerful. It's like, you're going to do this. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Sure. Just want to thank you so much, Athena, the Seashide Shaman. Leave with love. And, you know, both of us, I know, want to just send everybody a big hug and heartfelt um uh healing and blessing to you if you're going through a separation or you know anything that's really hard to um leave that it, you know that you you need support so um just there's i always recommend Eliz- elizabeth kubler ross um and also uh susan anderson for um the therapeutic sides of uh, grief and how to work through the stages of those. Cause there is definitely stages through grief and that will help you intellectualize kind of what phase you're in and how you can get to the other sides. And it just makes it feel a little bit more um, doable. And then this is such a leave with love, a beautiful book with a beautiful human who is in service to help people. And um, I'm just really grateful to have you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support.
Podcast.